Robbins. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning and welcome to Keeneland Today for Sunday, October 15th here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz, alongside good friend and co-host, Pete Visco. Thank you very much for joining us this morning as we are going to discuss the late pick five today, Sunday at Keeneland, plus a few other things. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Crush that like button. And Pete, there are a lot of things to like on this show from yesterday, for sure. And also hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. Of course, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Pete, you're the perfect person to talk about the power picks because today you are doing the Keeneland-only power picks. I will selfishly talk about yesterday's power picks in just a minute. Yes, our power picks, as we know, come out every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday during the Keeneland Fall Meet, which there is only one weekend left, so there is one more Friday, one more Saturday, one more Sunday, and generally we'll have Paul do Friday, Howard will do Saturday, and today, like Howard mentioned, I did Sunday, which I think went out already to any of our subscribers, so they have it in hand. So hopefully we can do as well today as Howard did yesterday, and, and Paul had some some nice hits as well on Friday. Yep, we got a great website I just showed. We're also on Instagram. We talked about that uh, yesterday. We have regular power picks as well, obviously, that uh, cover many tracks throughout the country that is on Saturdays only. Pete, look, if we're not going to tout ourselves, who's going to do it for us? Uh, I talked about a an aforementioned slump that I was in with pick fives. That was crushed yeah. yesterday. <laughs> crushed. The slump uh, is gone. Had a nice early pick five yesterday for 4,400 plus consolations. And Congrats. if people watching, thank you very much. If people watching the show, uh, watched the show yesterday morning or or especially received our Keeneland only power picks, eight of the 10 races were won by top eight choices and actually nine pete if including the four horse who won the fourth race who was an adjustment after we knew about scratches uh the late pick five was very chalky obviously no one really made any money late pick five but the early pick five pete no favorites at all not not huge prices but when you beat you know three to fives four to fives as we talked about in the show you can really increase that value will that happen today in the late pick five with caravel be very low. Pete, you and I will discuss that in just a few minutes. Yes, we will. Yeah, congrats again. That was, and again, one thing we 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 don't mention this enough, but the one thing with ABC Grid is once the scratches hit, it's almost it's a little it can get a little confusing. And I actually added a note to today's power picks just to say, say you have, I will come to you it this way. Say you have two A horses and one B horse on our grid and one of your a horses scratches what we would do in our real betting is move that b horse most likely up to an a so if you're looking at our grids consider that after you see the scratches because unfortunately our power picks go out generally before the scratches come out so we don't account for those but it's not as black and white as you see on there especially once the scratches hit there's times when they could move up from a C to a B or a right. B to an A. And we just want people to know that and account for it because we don't want people not to hit when we hit in our personal bets. 
Yeah, I got mainly a ton of compliments. A few like, where was that in the power pick? Look, but the, the four moved up. We actually talked about it on the show uh, uh, yesterday uh, with with Paul and Noah, no. who, by the way, had some real nice picks also, including Zipadu to end the uh, early pick five uh, for me. But thing, you know, when we scratches come out, it changes. And and Pete, we put out just the last thing before we go on to the handicapping. Uh, I put out a survey to many people on our uh, on our email list about when they want the power picks. People don't want it after scratches. People have things to do. People are busy. You know, they, they want the power picks earlier in the morning so they can look at it, um, which is part of the reason why we have this show, the Keelan Today morning show, so that scratches do come out usually in the middle of our show and we can talk a little bit more detail. But we got a lot of great people in the comments. We got uh, Battery Howard. I should have played the early pick five yesterday. I didn't make it, but that was a great handicap. Thank you, Battery. Really do appreciate that. Uh, one Once in a while, uh, you know, uh, I can find a winner. Um, Steven Scott, th- this actually more than the pick five, I think, Pete, I was more proud of this one, to be honest. My blood pressure is still <laughs> through the roof from command performance almost getting there. Steven, I've been chasing this horse for two years. And Pete, if you remember, maybe you don't, command performance was actually a Kentucky Derby future bet for me after his really nice two-year-old year where he ran a good fourth in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile against Corniche, but there was a scratch. It was actually uh, my boy. No, uh, who? Not my boy, Christopher. What? What? Uh, the rail horse. I'm drawing a blank now. But anyway, that race yeah. changed. What was the name of that horse? Uh, was it? Uh, was that the Jack Christopher year or no? Thank you, Jack Christopher. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Command Performance had a big two-year-old year. He was not very good last year, but he's improving and almost pulled it off at 35 to one. And a good friend of the show, uh, Matt Miller, Pete really really needed first mission i won't get into details but um i was happy either way whether command performance won or lost but uh anyway. i mean first mission definitely took the brunt of the trip for the most part and everyone else and that, that was a you know at least a nice athletic performance from from first mission i, I might it wasn't the most dominating down the lane but it was a nice athletic yeah. performance to sort of tip but command performance was great you should reach out you should text ptf i think he was in the same boat as you touting that horse on the in the money pods oh, really? to no avail if i remember i mean it was a long time ago so if i remember correctly you should ask him because i think he was one of those command performance early pre-derby oh, back back, in, not, of people. back then no not yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm wondering if he <laughs> if he had the same uh i want to i don't know if i should call it stubbornness or stick to one of the two but yeah I, i'm not sure if he followed it that but it was a good call too because that was one of those weird races where we talked about it over text where there was just a lot of horses that underachieved in their career creative minister yeah. who also gave a nice run is one that had so many people were excited about and then sort of fizzled out a bit. So it was a weird race from that perspective. If I recall, Pete, those weren't the exact words you used in our text chain. I tend to use, that, I tend we'll to use more colorful language in our, yeah. I, yeah. That's why my family <laughs> always says, I don't recognize you on the pod. You don't curse every other word like you do in real life. Well, you could, you could curse on here once in a while. You know, right. I try and be a nice family man for the, I, I try and put on that. the family man front for the, for the viewers. David, uh, Paul did not do great in the contest. I, I, I suppose I shouldn't make that public, but I, but you asked. I don't think he he's, certainly won't be embarrassed by it. He's done pretty well in contests. But um, he needed the six in, uh, boy, the, the one named Philly in the Queen Elizabeth who rushed up and got a big second. He needed that girl to win, uh, to crush a big bet. And so 
Mauge ended up winning. Uh, last thing, let's let's talk about the Queen Elizabeth, the QE2 a little bit, Pete. Mauge going to the Breeders' Cup. Would you go to the uh, Mile with her, or would you go to the Philly and Mare Turf with her? Those are the two choices, it looks like. I mean, I think she... Lindy. Prom- Lindy, Lindy is the one, one, yes. And Lindy actually looked looked promising at one point in that race, for sure. And yes. then Mauge was pretty strong. I honestly think she fits in either one. I mean... I think the question was, did she, was she okay with the distance yesterday? And she proved that, but I mean, she also did get a relatively comfortable lead, which, excuse me, if you go into the Philly and mare turf where there may be an Italian, we're not sure where she's going. I don't know if she'll go to the mile or the Philly and mare turf. There just might be more speed there. So again, I think she fits in either one. She's super talented. She was coming off a layoff and she ran her eyeballs out yesterday. So and, and there was a couple disappointing horses, though, in that field, too. So, so again, maybe we overvalue the field a bit yesterday. Pre-race, Sounds of Heaven was disappointing. Um, the two whose name I am completely blanking on, Elusive. I knew it was Elusive something. She was That's right there. Okay. I, she was okay, but she also had the trip where she yeah. should have she should have either gone by or been strong enough to hold for second and didn't do well, we either. We talked about in the show, maybe she just really appreciates a softer turf. And uh, she, yeah. she didn't get that yesterday. And she definitely wouldn't get that at San Nita if she went. But it's going to be interesting. No. We're, we're in Italian and where Mauge goes, Pete, is going to have a huge effect on yeah. not only the mile, but the Philly and Mare turf. So we'll just have to see yeah. what happens because they're both speed and uh, in Italian's fast. I mean, you don't get a lot of horses that are just that can that can make a case to be in either one and make a strong case where they'd be competitive. I mean, that's a pretty good position to be if you're their connections. For sure. All right, Pete. Well, let's go on. Let's try to get some winners today here uh, at Keeneland. It's going to be fast and firm. It's it's cooled down quite a bit in Kentucky as the front came through, as you well know, because you got some rain out there yesterday. I actually played Laurel yesterday. They they actually escaped. The weather wasn't too bad. It looked like uh, they they escaped, you know, disastrous. It rained um, most. I mean, I, I live ten minutes from Laurel, and it rained most of the day. But it wasn't. It was a lot of sprinkling. It was a lot. There was some downpours, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as I think we would have expected. Yeah, it didn't look too bad. It, fun late pick five here, Pete, today at Keeneland, and we're going to discuss it right now. And again, if you subscribe to our Keeneland only power picks, you just receive those about. 40 minutes ago, which covers the entire card. We are not going to cover the early pick five today on this show. We're just going to talk about the late pick five. So let's get right to it. Let me take the banners off the screen. One thing real quick, which is interesting, sorry, about this race, and I mentioned it in the power picks. This is like the linchpin race of the card because it ends the early pick five. It starts the late pick five, and it starts the $3 turf pick three. So this is a race you really need to nail, and it's actually one of the more difficult probably the most difficult race on the card just in terms of depth and balance as we'll get into, but this is a linchpin race. So I would say definitely handicap this one pretty strong. If you're, if you're looking at it. Not only that, Pete, according to your power picks is one of your stronger opinions of the day. So let's get right to it Yeah, because uh, I can think of no better person to follow my act yesterday than Pete Visco with his power (laughs) picks today. So let's take a look at it right now, Pete race five. It's difficult. It's a five and a half, furlong allowance race on the turf and it's a big field again when scratches come in let's put us both on screen here if you, when scratches come in if you can put it in the chat it's hard for p and i to look at both because we're busy doing a show but uh those of you in the chat if you get scratches when they come up which usually come up 
at around 11 a.m. Eastern. So just go on the next 15 minutes or so. Please let us know. But let's go back to the uh, field here. It's a field of 12. There's four There's four AEs. Two of them are main track only. So those horses are definitely not going to be in because it's going to be on the turf. The Moorline favorite here, and it's a very soft Moorline favorite, is the number four, Heaven Street, for Maker and Gaffleone. Pete, you have a very strong opinion here. You're going to go with the nine uh, mischievous is it mischievous? That's mischievous. Okay, I want to make sure mischievous. I know. Is it everyone got pretty mischievous wrong too? Mischievous <laughs> rogue for Collins and Machado, who might very much appreciate what looks to be a very fast early pace in this one. Well, and that was part of my thinking was I, when I looked at it, I think there were four horses. If you use time form as just sort of a gauge for the speed, there were four horses as you could see one there, the 115, there were four horses with a 111 and up all the way up to like a 123, I think might be the highest. So there's four horses that have, that are very fast out of the gate. And a couple of them are to the outside, which means they're going to have to do a lot of work in order to sort of cut over in this big field get to the lead because most of the speed horses in this race are need the lead types, which when you see a bunch of those, they just don't really have a lot of other options if they want to win this race with the nine here, mischievous rogue, this horse, I think if she, if he, sorry, already misgendered and I have no water to take my drink, but if he gets sort of the trip closer to the last couple or even the one three back and just can sit behind what we hope is a really hot pace. I think just from a pace and trip perspective, I think this horse can get a jump on some of the other contenders who I think will be coming from a little further back. So if this horse can get the jump, overtake the speed, get to the lead, and then you got to hope that just the other closers just can't run them down. All right, here we go. Let's see. So Michael, so, so, Michael so Austin thinks a lot. Just the AEs are out, so nothing there. Race six. Uh, the AEs again, not much there. It looks like full fields. Race seven, good. no changes. Right, eight. There's there race nine, two, twelve, thirteen. Keep that in mind. When we get to the last race. Yeah, but we'll look. At generally that. speaking, we're gonna have big, big fields today. Yeah, I mean that was what was awesome and challenging about this sequence yep. is the fields were really big. They were even. There weren't aside from Caravel. There's not really big. Big, big, huge favorites. There might be two on the whole car. But again, this will get to get back to Mischievous Rogue. I, I just think this horse was really coming on. And if you look, basically from the December 16th race of 2022, from that race forward, you see that incremental nice buyer increases. So all that's showing is improvement. Then when they put the horse on the turf, a nice jump up from a buyer standpoint. Then comes off a little bit of a layoff, Kentucky Downs, which is always a weird track. And they stretch the horse out to six and a half, runs sort of even, loses to the favorite in this race. But I didn't mind that race because it was six and a half that was off a layoff. Now you're second off a layoff. You're cutting back to five and a half. Two for two with this distance on the win end has the win, um, which was a lifetime buyer top at the time at Keeneland. I think there's just a lot to like about this horse and you're getting a nice six to one price, which I think will hold because I don't think anybody's going to take much money in here. I don't know about your thoughts on from a, from a, from a price perspective, how this race is going to shake out. This is, this is a tough race. I love this pick. I'm going to pull up Pete Visco and uh, I'm looking at my, <clears throat> my legal pad. The nine is my fourth a, it's just not on the screen. It's my top yeah. three, but I, I think the nine is interesting. I love this pick for you, Pete. I don't mind the outer post here a little bit because of all the 
speed. And sometimes I don't mind being outside because you get a clear run. And I yeah. don't know if the rails are out or not today. I should have looked at that, actually. Actually, let's go back. It might matter slightly to me. It um, is funny, though, because we have like the, not. We okay. have the top four, this exactly top four A's exactly the same yeah. as well, because I, I have the the two is my fourth A that I okay. had in my in my. Picks. Yeah, I I am thinking the same way as you do with a closer here. I'm going with Evan Singh, who is a progressive four year old who's been off for a little bit, but gets Flavian has proven that uh, he can close, has raced at Keeneland. And I just think this one's got more upside than some of the others, but this is a very tough race. He's probably going to launch from maybe a little further back, perhaps, than even your nine. But um, I, I like Evan Singh here. I think uh, Evan Singh's got a big shot. We also again, we've chased we, that we, horse on the show before. Yeah. I think we've hit. I think we've actually hit that horse. I should say, not chased. I think we've hit that horse on the show before I you and I. So I think we like that favor there. The Colonel Power we had him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we both like the four also. Who's also who's uh, coming up in Kentucky Downs, which you said is a bit of a weird track. We've got the two in there. There's a lot of biz buzz, biz biz buzz. Don't overlook this horse. This is an improving four year old also who gets an inner post and might be a little more tactical. There's a lot of ways to go in this race, and I also should mention as I put us on screen, Julian Leperu is riding the two. It was just announced that Julian Leperu is going to be riding full time at Oaklawn coming up mm. here in the winter and spring. Uh, from well, those, his... that, from agent Jose Santos Jr. seems to just have every jockey, you know, <laughs> pretty much other than other than the you know the Ortizes and and um, you know Flavian, etc. So the, the two is not possible either. Pete, you you don't you the two also is an A. I had the two as an A. Leperu yeah. was sort of the honestly the one of the factors that dropped him dropped this horse down yeah. just because he hasn't been running well at Keeneland. Although Michael Trombetta just had Arzac win last week. At this same configuration, basically here at Keeneland. So if you're if you're looking for someone who's hot at a configuration and, and can get a horse home, hey, Trombetta showed he could do it last week. Yep. Uh, Paul Conlon. Paul, how you doing, buddy? I had a chance to meet Paul, uh, Pete, at Keeneland hey, last week. Did I get any winner's circle <laughs> photos at Keeneland? I did not because Shards did not win. So uh, I did not get any winner's circle photos there. But, Paul, it's great to meet you and good luck today at uh keeneland all right let's go on to the next race and uh, yeah race five is is a complete cluster it's wide open there's a ton of speed it's pretty much a stake race pete i mean it's a high class allowance it could easily be a. Grade that's what i was thinking yeah easy sure. grade three yep let's let's go to race six now this race is mm -hmm. very difficult again main special two-year-old fillies they're going seven furlongs it's another big field of 12 and the also eligibles are not in so just the main body of the field the more line favorite is wow, is it five to one? No, nine to two. No, nine sorry. to two. Yeah. Light it up, Louie. Anyone who's named Louie is gonna be betting this horse, and this horse will not be nine to two. Uh that Philly is trained by Maker and Saez. Let me switch over the picks. Sorry about that. A little late with the banner switch. There we go. Oh wow, look at that, Pete. We are both going with Cox and Drew, the first time <laughs> starter. Sweet sunshine. Pete, what do you like about this firster? <laughs> not as much as I would hope. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, this wasn't exactly one of my stronger opinions. The one thing I did like, I mean, it's a first timer. It, it is out of Godolphin. It's, it's Cox and Giroux. It's a hard spun out of elusive quality. So all the, all the on paper sort of from a breeding, from a, from a uh, pedigree standpoint, from a connection standpoint, 
they're all pretty solid. The one thing I like, the Sire, so Hardspun and Emboldened, both one on debut. So again, you're just looking for any sort of hint that there might be some sort of precocity with a horse. Uh, Brad Cox, five for 12, first time starters in maiden special weight dirt sprints at Keeneland in the past year. So he's just been pretty hot. I mean, not a huge sample size. The one thing I was, you look at his works and I know this is something I think you pay attention to. So I'll be curious what you thought about it. Had a little gap in the works in September. So worked on September 8th, then didn't work again till September 30th. But what I didn't mind was came back in that September 30th, a nice 48 then came back on October 8th, another, so got the two consecutives in and they were, the second one was, wasn't very fast, but it was solid 16 out of a hundred. So it's I looked the at it there. Of the dam in Bolden, you see on the screen, the Bolden was a nice horse that Cox actually trained. Who was great at yeah. Uh, pre- great stakes and, and precocious. So that led me, that, that gave me more confidence, but the work tab is a little bit concerning, but again, it's Cox, Drew and the Godolphin. It's hard for me to believe that they're going to, you know, start a horse at Keelan that's going to be short. Uh, but there's a lot of question marks in here, Pete. Again, yeah. let's, let's put us on screen a second. We, we talked about this yesterday because yesterday was the same situation. Please don't think that you can't see the board to start your pick five. If you're playing a pick five, you can. We talked about this. Those probable will pay doubles. Take a look at them. They they were pretty accurate yesterday. If you remember, the, um, uh, the Wesley Ward horse was actually favored in the doubles his first time star of the five didn't win, but was favored and did run well. And the second choice, the seven, who was my personal top choice, uh, did win. And the 11 who took a little sneaky money also ran very well. So does, does, does the board always, you know, tell not necessarily, but at Keelan Saratoga first time starters, I, I think it sort of does, Pete. Well, especially when you have when you're when what do we have twelve here, right? And you have a nine to yeah. two is your favorite. So yeah. you're gonna need any clue you can get because obviously even Nick Tamaro doesn't really know how to gauge this race as the morning line maker. Cause I mean he's looking at it and every you know, how many horses are within a right. point and a half of each other right. morning line, which you just know makes it wide open from the beginning. Seven furlongs, not easy to win on debut. That's a very mm-hmm. tricky distance to win on debut. But we'll we'll see what happens here. I also want to say hello to Jose Manuel Camacaro. Hola, Jose. Como estas? Estoy bien. He is from Venezuela. What's up, Jose? Thanks for joining the show. Uh, looks like he's going to be betting Vicky Oliver and Bayerano. He likes that combination. Hard to go against that. Jose, good luck mm-hmm. today. If anyone can speak some fluent Spanish, feel free to talk to Jose in the chat, although I'm assuming he also speaks English or has got that Spanish to English uh, translator going on as well. I can speak some Spanish, but not not fluently, not enough to make sense on this show. So, but I could say, me gusto caballos. I could say that, which means I like horses. All right, moving on. Um, I also like the 12, Pete, speaking of things I like. The 12 and 11 are coming out of the same race. It's a six for a long race at Kentucky Downs. Um, I like the 12 Lamar because the breeding. The 12 is by Palace Malice out of a Spice Town mare. And uh, Cal- uh, Calistoga, maybe you remember this horse, Pete, from way back, was a, yeah. was a nice horse for Mott and was mainly dirt. So I'm very interested in the 12. I'm not sure why, again, this one started. Oh, there's the Vicky Oliver Bayerano, I just noticed. So, Jose, you and I are thinking alike a little bit. I forgot about the uh, connections there. 
Um, was 30 to one morning line or 31. I don't like that, but I think this horse is meant for dirt has works over the dirt. I'm just guessing here, Pete. I mean, well, and tried to close into a really slow pace. Yeah. The 12 tried to close. I've gotten to the point where I worry less and less about the odds on a horse in their first start. And even sometimes their finish. If I think there's some reasons that they can bounce back. And okay. so I, I've, I've gotten to where, cause you see so many now, especially when it's not like the super, super top ones where sometimes it's just the first race. They're young. They don't know what the heck they're doing. They don't run well. And then they, whatever talent you see on paper, maybe sometimes shows up in that second and third spot, third race out. So yeah. I've, I've gotten a little more lenient with that. Okay. The four there, which we've have some mentions of in the chat. Ragothi, that people like. uh, yes. Ragothi thought the four is interesting. You have this one third and Pete, just to show you how crazy are my pins in this race. I don't usually do this very often. I'm going to show everyone my legal pad. People are like, what are you looking at Howard? This is my little notes just for today. I do more notes, but take a look at what I have in race six, which is a race that I don't know if you guys can see that I have nothing. And if you can look at it, it says board <laughs> at the top meeting, see what the board is. So I have no real opinions of this race <laughs> until I see the board. It's rare that you'd see a bunch of blanks for me on the ABC line, but I don't know, Pete, I got to see what the board looks like. The four is an interesting horse coming from Colonial. Yeah, it's funny, though. My note wasn't all that reassuring for a horse I have in third. I just had tried to close into into not much pace or basically no pace in both yeah. races and will need more pace here. But it's one of those where there's so many first time starters or first time horses or second time horses that you don't really know what the pace is going to look like. And that's the problem oh. when you have firsters. It's, it's also hard not just to gauge their talent, but to gauge how they're going to run and how the race shape is going to go. Just because yeah. we don't I mean, you could look at works and say, oh, OK that two looks fast. I'm just making that up, but you could say, Oh, the two looks fast based on works, but who the hell knows? It's their first time out of a gate in a real race. They don't break well. And then the whole pace situation goes to crap. Yeah. It, this is going to be difficult. My overall opinion, and I could be completely wrong in about a few hours from now, I wasn't huge fans of the firsters in this race in these, in this race. And I, P and I look at these horses very carefully, guys. We don't just like throw out stuff willy nilly. We look at the breeding. We look at the workouts. We, uh, it's still a guessing game. Some of these horses look like they want to go longer. Some the look two, like they might be better you, you on. had the two up. Yep. Some the of them two to like me felt be long. Turf. Yeah. I just, I have a ton of questions with the firsters. So I'm going to be using the horses that are being bet the most in the doubles as my A's, which is not stinking thinking at all to me. I think that's actually smart betting. Um, if there's a sneaky one that I like as a firster, maybe I'll throw in. I have a feeling that um, the, one of the outside horses, the 11 or 12, is going to run big here. And there's nothing wrong with experience. But experience matters a lot, probably even more going seven than five and a half or six, I would say also. No, I agree with that 100%. Actually, we always like to see if we can have something negative against the favorite. I had one sort of negative stat against the 11, who, again, is only 9-2, to two, so it's not like you're beating a 6-5 to five shot. Mike Maker, 1-for-31 on the win end with second-time starters going turf to dirt in the past three years. So for whatever reason, not his bag to go turf to dirt after the first race was on turf. So, again, if you're looking for... I mean, generally, I think if you would see Maker Sai as, you know, nice breeding there, it looks like breeding is pretty strong for the dirt. So if that horse takes money, maybe that's something that could ease you off a bit. That, that sort of turned me off. I looked at Maker's stats and I mean, it's not his jam, so to speak. No. So I was a little bit against him 
I'm not having third. Her? Her? Uh, where I, the... can't, I can't remember. I have that horse third. Um, her, but, yes. Yeah, I have her third. Uh, hold on a second. It is I don't her. have my drink. So yeah, so I apologize if my voice gets scratchy while we talk. I forgot my water this morning. That's all right. Let's go on to the next race. This is this is a big one. This is the big one of the day. It's the Franklin Stakes. This sort of started Caravelle's run last year, and yep. she's back here again. It's a grade three. It's for the girls spring five and a half on the turf. The rail is out 20 feet, Pete. So I was wrong about uh, the rail not being out. Uh, Cause if it's out here, it's going to be out in race five. I'm 99% positive. So speed might play a little bit better today. That's something to keep in mind, which would sort of hurt our choices a bit, maybe in race five, but keep, keep tabs on that. Cause when the rails come out, that does tend to help speed a little bit. Uh, speaking of the rail Caravel on the inside, more line favorite nine to five. You got live odds now, which doesn't really mean much because we got two hours of the first post. But Caravelle's eight to five right now is definitely going to be the favorite in this race. Not the only uh, speedy horse in here because you got Twilight Gleaming. You got some others. Pete, let's go to our picks here. Race seven. We're not messing around. I mean, sometimes we've talked about we want to beat. You know, I, I've been very good at beating chalk lately. This one, I'm just, uh, and I, I saw you in the, I think you put it in the chat or you text me. I can't remember. You, you've tried to beat Carol. Oh, it's on your power picks. It's on you the power picks. Yeah. A few times, as have I. I was correct in beating her last time at Saratoga, but we need to talk about that race and we'll show it. That was a complete, utter, it was boggerific to put it into uh, Tom Durkin terminology. It was just, <laughs> it was, it was, it was not only was it soft, it was really soft. And I think it's pretty fair to say that Caraval clearly did not handle that turf last time in Saratoga. No, and that's a that's a given. And I think people knew that going in. I know myself, I actually had Cogburn on top that day. Yes, so I was, was a great call. Yeah, I was I was sort of and and again though, Caravel is a horse who I'm not a fan of for whatever, you know, you some horses you like, some horses you don't. I've never been a fan of this horse. Always try and beat her. She always screws you because she just wins almost, you know, she wins constantly. And in that race, it was one of the few times where it was correct, but it took basically a terrible boggy turf course to do it. And uh, the one thing it did have was whether it was the turf or not, it had no balls who, whatever you want to call it, nobles or no balls, who was a pretty prominent and quality speed horse to get out front of and have to chase down, which Cogburn yeah. did. But Caravelle has shown she could do that on a faster course. So even though there is a little bit of other speed in here, she could sit off as well. So uh, I'm, I, you assume that that's just a scratch off and, it, and you toss that race and you move on, especially at Keeneland. So go ahead. I, you you want to make a point. Well, look at this final time. Now, if you pay attention to Saratoga or times in general, that final time that race was 103 and three. Pete, we've seen five and a half furlong turf race at Saratoga um, I think the track record's like a minute and like four fifths, but often the run like 101 is not yeah. unusual. This was like a full two and a half seconds. We're talking about like a, a fair like 10 lengths slower than if it was on on firm. So, I mean, you could see the the amount of clod they were kicking up there. Yeah, I mean, Caraval's class alone, you know, got her a third actually, or fourth, sorry. I mean, she didn't exactly completely pack it in. Here's my main concern, and I'm going to be weighing heavily on this horse, as will a lot of people. This nine to five is a total pipe dream. This horse can be four to five. Yeah. Um, the rail, man. If she was anywhere else but the rail, Pete, 
I love her. See first mission in the dictionary yesterday, who had to get out of a real tight spot and barely win the last race, although he wasn't nearly as good as he had been in the past because the layoff, blah, 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 fine. But when you're down on the rail, it can be tricky, and you would assume she's just going to break out of there and go to the lead. But there are others with speed. If she sort of has to, like, rate inside behind horses that just go crazy, or, for example, some horses really decide to push her and she's, like, in a two-, three-way speed duel, I would just much prefer that she's outside. That's my only concern in this race for Caribou. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't look at this race and think she can't lose. I just look at it and say, again, we talk about this a lot, where this is one of those races where if she does lose, it could be a lot. I have five horses in the B spot underneath Caravel right now. So I look at it and go, so you're either singling or you're, and, and I'm talking more of like a caveman. So ABC, obviously you could spread out a bit, but I wouldn't like, she's not just like a lone A and not play anyone else to me in this race. But I just think if not her, it could be many. So it's hard to, to pinpoint who you would use. Like, Hey, I'm going to use two horses on my A line. Nah, she makes the most sense. She's classiest. Her figures yeah. are better. And if she gets on the top, which she can do from the one hole, she can just take the field around. And, and she, I mean, she's three for three here. She won the breeders cup here. She won yeah. this race last year, obviously here since we're here again. Mm-hmm. So everything points to her as being the, the obvious choice, but not unbeatable in my opinion. I'm assuming the layoff was planned, and this is a prep for uh, the Breeders' Cup in a few weeks, so I'm not really concerned about the layoff at all. No. you got to figure Twilight Gleaming is going, Pete, for Wesley Ward. I mean, he's not going to rate this filly. She is fast, 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 and um, she's capable of big efforts like a- April 15th when Paul and I were there for the grade one gamble. We saw that race live in person. She was awesome. That was a track record, actually that day i believe or was very i think it was actually a stakes record not track record yeah it was but something the four, the four is going i agree with you a base store would be the one that i'd like underneath um or, or or to possibly upset the field she looks like the best quality closer but let's face it she's going to need a bunch of things to happen to beat caravel from the rail and and i mean she's going to have to yeah caravel's going to have to not run her a race because Basically, Base Storm doesn't have a race on the form. And, you know, it's not like she's some new horse. She doesn't have a race on the form that could beat Caravel at her best. But she's super talented. Again, she could be sitting off if things do heat up. And one thing, Jonathan Thomas, 43% wins, 70% in the money in turf sprints over the past, like, 15 months. So he's just been on fire. And this horse has had, this horse has had a lot to do with that. But... I like this horse. I think it's just, you know, it's tough running down Caravel. I mean, that's in the end, that's what it is. She doesn't get run down very often, especially if she can get the lead. Pete, our Latin American friends are out in full force. Unbelievable. Good smart, Desiree Avila Chacon. Hola, how you doing? Good morning, Howard. Uh, welcome from Venezuela. Going with the trifecta in race seven, uh, king the two there, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, in this, is that, this is, is, this is race seven, right? Okay, it going is. Wakanaka, I like it as a little bit of a price. Wakanaka over 178, over 178. Good luck, uh, Bricksmar says. Uh, listen, everyone there in Latin America, please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom uh, right-hand side of the screen and also hit that notification bell as well. Pete, say that in Spanish now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna offend our Latin American listeners by trying no. to speak Spanish. So All I right, never even took Spanish in school. I never even took it in high school. So I took All Italian. Right. So I don't I don't there need. There you go. Shock! Wow, no that's breaking news. That's yeah. shocking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we're we're gonna move on, Pete. There's others you can use. This is Caravel's race to uh, lose, you would think. And I'm guessing if she runs well. Uh, she's going to the Breeders' Cup sprint, and she would definitely be a factor there. I actually oh, think yeah. she'd be better going five than five and a half or six. So she'd probably, be a major yeah, player yeah. There, if she if she goes there, you would think. Oh, I think the seven star guest I see in the chat is actually scratched, is what I'm seeing. Oh, so. actually, we should have. Well, no reason to bring up the seven now, I suppose. But the seven was an Applebee. I'm assuming this one came over with. Uh, um, he didn't have Mauge, did he? No, no, he had he he. Uh, uh, he had somebody though, didn't he? Yesterday. Um, I'd like Why to think I... so. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's see but, if I refresh. Yeah. Let's see if, if the horse is if I refresh in real time here. Okay, there you oh, go. There we go. Seven yep. is out. So okay. anyway, we'd no reason to talk about the seven. All right, let's move on then. Uh Pete. Let me take off the banner here. We're gonna go to race eight. And I'm going to go banner, banner, banner. Boom. Okay, we are a little bit different here. What's interesting about our picks at the bottom, Pete, is our own top choices. Neither one of us have in you know in second or third. So yeah. this is interesting. Uh, allowance race six and a half furlongs on the dirt of three year olds and up. This is an N one X or or actually sorry an N two X. Excuse me. Um, these are Colts. Did I say girls? I don't think I did. These are for the no. boys. Uh, field of eight. More line favorite is the number three. <clears throat> Bourbon bash for D. Wayne for the coach, who I will say was quite disappointing with Seize the Gray yesterday. I was completely wrong about that horse. Um, but anyway, he's got Bourbon bash, Lucas, and Rosario. And we, we're both going to try to beat this horse. You're going with You Ain't Poppin' for Brendan Walsh and Santana from the rail. Yeah, I, I liked, and again, this was a, another race where I was. I could probably make a case for, I think I had five horses in consideration at one point, so I could make a case for a bunch. This one, uh, you know, only one race in the books, but did win and did chase sort of a slow pace, actually was was pretty close to it at one point, was able to pass horses, which you like to see from a first-time starter, was able to pass horses, get the win, talking about a $200,000 purchase, so not necessarily chicken feed. I think there is some speed in here. So if the one can work out a similar trip, the speed will go. The one can sort of sit right off and hopefully work out a trip. And if you get a little bit more speed up front, then maybe it makes it even a little easier to close into it. And then Brendan Wall, six for eight, seven for eight, six for eight wins, seven for eight in the money. Um, second time starters who won their maiden race in allowance and has won actually the last four times that's happened. So hmm. Brendan Walsh on fire under these circumstances. So in a race where I think there's a ton of ways to go, I'm just going to land on the one. Uh, we've got some interesting things in the chat. This is from, let me, I might have trouble with the pronunciation here. Paul Halloran. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Halloran. Oh, that doesn't, oh, that's that our buddy. I was going to say that Halloran. doesn't sound like somebody we should really be listening to. So I don't know. Now nah, let's just, let's just ignore that. <laughs> nah, we'll, bring, we'll bring it back, Paul. Uh, Twilight Gleaming got a poor ride at Del Mar. Dangerous back at Keeneland. Yeah. That ride was not pretty out at uh, Del Mar. And Paul also mentioned Appleby had a winner at Belmont yesterday as well. And Siggy Mendoza. There we go. Our Latin American friends, our amigos. Esta, um, Estradigia. Wait, 
estrategias y más, which means predictions and more, strategies and more, excuse me, from uh, Siggy. He likes Wakanaka in the previous race. Uh, yep. Doesn't like Caravelle at all from the rail. I get it. Uh, we will see. Uh, uh-oh, Paul, you, you just made, you made Paul angry, Pete. Never. Well, we're Italian. We get angry at everything. That's we what do. we do. You know, He'll be okay. Um, yeah. I've got the one as a B. In fact, I have four Bs in this race, Pete. I really like the six a lot in this race. If I were doing power picks, I, the six would be one of my plays. And here's the reason. It's six and a, it's six and a half furlongs. The one can obviously win, no doubt. Uh, the two's got speed. The three I'm against only because I'm not sure about the quicker turnaround. And I don't think she has to win. And she, you know, she has one very slow work since, which is not like D-Wayne. The four is is very live to me, ran huge, but is a lot of speed. And the five's got a lot of speed. I think Pensacola, the number six, this is for Brissette and Pratt, uh, owned by Windstar, went seven and six and a half at Ellis. So I think this distance is going to be great. Toss out the last race. I don't know what this horse was doing on turf. Uh, which is silly. Uh, Same the command performance yesterday, Pete, was turf to dirt. And these non-turf efforts really usually raises your price because, unfortunately, uh, there are people that look at that last line only. They're like, what's that? Go back to the races, you know, the two back and three back, clearly good enough to win, has been working well. And to me, Pete, most importantly, Pratt's going to stalk all that inside speed. And on paper, at least, figures to get a great trip is – he going to be good enough? I don't know. But he cost 600000 This was very well meant. I don't know if I'm getting 7-2, to two, but I really like the number 6 Pensacola here quite a bit. I would use all the others. I'm just, in general, I'm against Bourbon Bash, although Bourbon Bash can win, and I'm using it. Yep, I agree. I, and actually, when I look at the six, when I even look at my notes, I don't really have a logical reason that I didn't have this horse in the top three. So I'm I'm sort of with you on on all your points. I don't think there's really a negative there. And I, I like the pickup of Pratt, obviously. I prob I had this horse as so I had like two A's, two B's if you look at my if you look at my grid on the power picks. So I'm with you. I think this horse has good a shot as any, and I am also against Bourbon Bass. So I think there's a few horses you can use to beat that one. And you hope that yeah. Bourbon Bass takes the money and loses like we like we're sort of thinking, at least as our logic goes. Exactly. Michael Austin likes the nine, by the way, in the last race. A uh, little little slant to um, Nick Tamro doesn't like the morning line. Won't be twenty to one. Uh, that last race was the was the stake race that we were talking about. Um, I agree with Christopher. By the way, at the bottom of the screen, will be five to two. I think that's about right, Christopher. That's fine. I'd be happy with five to two. I, I like Pensacola quite a bit. Have you ever been to Pensacola, Pete? I know I have not. Now <laughs> that I'm trying to think of it. I've been to Florida a bunch, but I don't remember being in Pensacola. But who knows? No. You know. I believe they have a, a not an air base. They have a, a um, I know there's a military base there. Yeah. In Pensacola. So anyway, um, all right, let me go ahead and go to the last race, Pete, as we're going to end the show here. This last race is a mile and a half on the turf. And we are both going with the same horse in this case. A lot oh, of both going with the one here. Yep. We're going to go with the one. I know this is a strong opinion of yours on the power picks as well. Let me go ahead and bring it up on the screen. It's a mile and a half. On the turf, uh, it is a field allowance race. Big field of twelve. Now there were scratches. Was it two eleven twelve? Let me refresh. I think that I, if I remember that correctly. Oh, oh boy. I'm not a robot. Okay, 
they they didn't like that. I think it was two eleven twelve for the scratches, which stings because those are my you know those are my two twelve thirteen. Good, I'm so glad the Pletcher is in because I got things to say about Mally Moo. Uh, all right, two twelve thirteen. So it's a field of math. Ten. Field of ten. Uh, Moorline favorite is the rail horse. Yeah, the number one. Yeah. R. Cali, Kim, Walsh, Gaffleone. We're both going uh, with this six-year-old mare to close out what should be a great day at Keeneland today, Sunday. Yeah, and, and again, I thought this was a, on paper a pretty – you know, a pretty uneven race, a little bit wide open. What I did like about this horse is if you look three back, the last run of 2022 was in July, then is off basically for a year. But if you looked at this horse was actually running, was running pretty well in 2022. And actually towards the end of 2021 was turning it around, was running okay in 2022. I don't know exactly what happened, but obviously something since the horse was gone for a year, but comes back at six years old and is better and two straight wins lifetime buyer top back-to-back races. But again, you say six-year-old, but she's only run 11 times. So she's not like a six-year-old who's just an old war veteran who's, who's just been running and running and running. And maybe at six is a little sort of just tired and can't handle it anymore. This one still seems to be, she seems to be on the improve and in a race where I think we know who a lot of the other horses are. If I can get one that's improving, here we go. More Spanish for you to butcher. If we can get more that's in, if we get another oh, I one. I can read Spanish just fine. I just can't always say it correctly. But fine oh, might be a strong word. Retardos, y ahí le dejo mi regalo de buen dividendo en la five. Well, you you're go. saying you're reading it well, but I don't. That. I don't know if you're reading it well, so I'm not going to give you any uh, credit. It's, it's one okay. Way it's not bad. I'm mean, a little rusty. <laughs> give me a break. Anyway. <laughs> The one, but, yeah, the, the one is I don't love horses that have won two in a row, like they're gonna win three in a row, but yeah, why not? She, <laughs> uh, why not? I mean, she seems, um, very, very logical here. Is gonna get the rail, is gonna get a good trip. I don't really any have a reason to go against the one per se, but we both have the 11 and we got to talk about the source a little bit. Wait, before. real quick on the one, the one thing yep. I did like too, because it is she is going the mile and a half for the first time, okay, but she's a half to Temple City Terror, who was a great stakes winner going 12 on turf and was also trained by Brendan Walsh. So I sort of just like the symmetry there. I mentioned that in the power picks as well. So I, I like that, that I think that's maybe at least a clue that she might be okay stretching back, stretching all the way out to 12 furlongs. But go ahead to the 11, because I'm with you on the 11 as well. So uh, Michael Austin is suggesting that he had some connection with the 11. I don't, maybe Michael wants to be more specific. He said, since we sold Malimu, as in he was part owner of the source, she will decline. Um, I don't know if that's wishful thinking or just that's what he honestly <laughs> thinks will happen. I don't know. 11 is very interesting. Uh, Malimu is a horse, if you recall, Pete, way back earlier um i touted this horse after um her win at dundalk and this race here in the wait a while i actually had it on the power picks and loved her and she had trouble and she ran huge against juniper marshmallow was eight to one that day and then i chased her a little bit after that and she really tailed off she ran a nice race in the pen oaks now plutcher uh takes over and actually had a race already for plutcher at kentucky downs these English channels just might appreciate the distance. If I recall, Pete, she's a little bit of a smaller filly. Maybe Michael Oskin comment in the chat. I don't know if her build suggests that she wants to go longer, 
But I like Pletcher's trying something different. There's not a lot of early speed in here. And you would think the English channels can handle distance. So speaking of English channels, channel maker retired, by the way. What a great yep. career he had. This is a bit of a flyer. I don't love the post. I'm just more interested to see what Malimu does. I don't know how much I'm going to be using her in my pick five right now. I have her as a B as in boy. Um, but I don't know. I'm very interested to see what Malimu does in this spot. I, I mean, you see, I have I have her in second as well, so I'm I'm sort of with you, and I, I do like the last race with Pratt was you know ran fourth, but fourth by three quarters and had a tough you know was way in the back, closed well, going a mile and an eighth, so that was actually so that was actually her longest race, so it did show that she could make up ground, she could close well. She also had Lasix in that one, so I thought that was a pretty good race on Lasix. Gets Lasix back again. I, I'm with you. I think I'm just curious about how she's going to run. It's a little bit of class relief here. Pletcher, surprisingly, because you don't think of him, three for 10 wins, seven for 10 in the money, uh, 12 furlongs and up on a, an allowance races on the turf. So at this level, it's just not something you think of him as, yeah. hey, that's not necessarily his strength, although he does well in the in the Belmont, in the Belmont yeah. stakes. So maybe we should think of him more like that, but. Michael Austin says the Pen Oaks was the last race we had hmm. before the she was sold. Okay, so LSU stables. That's the same stables as Farbridge, by the way. Farbridge owns nice. LSU uh, stables. So, so now I with- now I like her even more now that she's not under the the, the hands of Mike Austin. Now now I like her Ooh, even more. I ouch. think that moves her forward. Hey, Michael, I think I'll see you in a few weeks at San Anita. Comment in the chat. I know, I, th- I believe he's from California, so I'm sure he's yes. going to be at the Breeders' Cup. I'd love to meet you out there, Michael. We'll we'll have to talk through uh, DMs or email or whatever. There are other horses in this race. Some people, um, there's a lot of long shots in here. Some suggested the seven sand and sea for Raylu. And you know, Raylu is probably going to put this horse on the lead Yep. and went first time on the lead last time. It actually ran very well against the one Pete. So, I mean, she barely lost the one last time. Why can't she beat the one this time? I'm using the seven defensively. Uh, there's not a lot of speed in the race. Good American, I wasn't sure what to do with. I didn't know if that last race was just a perfect trip aberration because the inside was really good that weekend, and it was Kentucky Downs. But she does have back class, and maybe she's getting better, and should gave her, like, another month off. So, to me, this race is mainly 1-6. I'm more curious about the 11. We'll have to see. Yeah, this is – I'm with you. The 6 was one I looked at, the – the seven, I like the. Who do you have in third? You have the. Oh, you do have the six. I had the four, Sabalenka, who's a horse yep. I've always sort of liked, but usually leaves too much to do. She usually leaves herself just a little bit too much to do, and I didn't think there was enough speed in here, so I thought it. But she is getting some class relief. She's run against really high quality horses, but again, if you're a closer, you're a closer, and sometimes you just get stuck. There you, you know go. The reference there, Pete. Yeah, I love. She's my. She's like in my top three favorite tennis players. And so I love Sabalenka. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael Austin, I will see you at Sandy in a few weeks. Awesome. Oh, he's there. He's there right now. Okay. Say hi to the San Gabriel Mountains for me, Michael, because I miss those things. I look forward to seeing those babies in a few weeks. Michael wants me to talk about the nine. All right, Michael, we'll talk about the nine. Hold on a second. Um, Pete, I'll let you do it. Amani's image, 21 for motion. I, I'm guessing Michael likes the nine a little bit. Uh, is there anything to like about the nine other than I, I ha- you know, it's, it's funny. Point. I had the nine as sort of a C on my original. I don't think it made the grid just for budgetary purposes, but I had this horse as a C. I, I just thought the form, I mean, if, if you're looking 
again, if you toss the last race when you're doing something maybe you don't like, lost by 21, which is which is wild, but it was off the turf, yeah, I mean, and it was a speed favoring track, and was sort of off the pace, and a four horse field was sitting in fourth on a speed favoring track, so you could toss that one completely. Once got into motion, barn. This horse just sort of turned it around and got back on the turf. Was in, you know, actually is improved. You see, from a buyer standpoint, again, three back was a lifetime buyer top. Two back almost hit that again, and that was on a yeah. yielding turf. But it was going a mile and a quarter, so you figure the distance may not be an issue. At twenty to one, you're getting Johnny V back up again. It's out of a tap it, you know, it's out of tap it itself himself. So you figure at a distance should be okay. Yeah, I, I thought this horse was definitely in the mix. Might be, you know, probably has to class, you know, probably has to move forward a little bit on the win end, but. At 20 to one, I think definitely for, for a board horse, for sure. Uh, Pete, I want to make a correction. And this correction comes from Michelle Yu, who, when I was first doing the show and talking more about breeding than I normally did, I misspoke. Can't be out of Tappet because Tappet's a boy. And I was wondering, oh, that's where it came from. Literally out of. Yeah. So yes. I tap it out of a morning Raider mare, uh, Amani. So anyway, yeah, can't, I don't, I don't care about I, boys for obvious, um, science reasons. Let's just, well, but anyway. it's something came out of the boy to get the whole process started. So theoretically you can, so <laughs> tell, tell, tell Michelle, oh, you, she needs to work. She needs to stay, take it a step back to before <laughs> the, the baby actually came out. So that's, that's my argument. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to stick where, with out He's probably learning about that kind of stuff in school. Sixth grade. He, did. Right? he took, he took sex ed in fifth grade. So he's all yeah. ready, he's ready to go. Yeah, he's All ready right. to roll. Well, ready to go, pers- you know, pers- mentally. Yes, mentally. Let's, let's Hopefully slide. not. Yeah, Jackson, he, he's him, only twelve, nice so let's relax. Yeah, possible, Pete. You yeah, know, I, you I, I don't know. need any grandchildren while he's you no, know no, no, in no, middle no. school. He, yeah, he, let's relax he, on that. He's into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> wow, this show has gone completely. People are tuning in like, what the hell? Sex education. I thought this was Keelan today. We cover all topics on this show. We're we as, sure as equally, right. yes. Let's go. Actually, you know, I'm so used to going to the pick five ticket. We don't we don't do pick no five. Pick tickets, fives. Uh, no. So but in general, again, as we close the show here, single um Caravel. I mean, single, but I, I wouldn't mind a few back. Yeah, I wouldn't mind some backup tickets for sure. I, I yeah. think, though, I think, again, we, we mentioned it single in the sense of I don't know if I'd have a strong enough opinion to pick who else I would put on that A-line and you don't want to go too deep. There you go, Katie. She, she appreciates our, our, our stupid humor. For sure. Yeah, you single the one, you have some backup tickets. I mean, um, I'm going to put her, what percent chance do you think she is to win? If you were to put a percentage on it, I'm going to do oh, We're going to do a little math on the show. Teach the people some things. I would say she is probably 40%, 40, 45%. 40%. 40, but, okay, 45, we'll say 45. let's say. We'll say 45. If she's 45, hold on a second, my bad. Um, <clears throat> That would put her somewhere in the range of six to five. Which I think is fair. And I, I was even going to say higher, but, you know, it's it's still a big field. Yeah. And Yes. I, I, I Again, if she didn't have the rail, I would like her a lot more. Uh, one, the show, Stephen Grutner. Thank Great you, show, Stephen. gentlemen. Stephen, thank you. Pete, we've had, listen, we've had people from literally all over the world watching our shows in the morning. Thanks, especially those Latin American viewers. And again, folks, if you really, really want to help the show, other than watching and listening 
Uh, and of course, subscribing to our power picks. We have Keeneland power picks. Pete, if they want to buy the Keeneland power picks for next weekend, the last weekend, and they haven't done any power picks so far, what do they need to do if they want to buy next weekend's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday cards at Keeneland? for the HHH uh, power picks. So just go to our website on the top, on the homepage, there's a little banner that says to whatever the language is to get our Keeneland power picks, click here, or you just go to the power picks page. We put them up on Mondays. So Monday morning, next week's, you'll be able to subscribe to next week's. Again, it's I think $15 for the three days. So super cheap. It's PayPal only. All you have to do, it takes two seconds. All you have to do is click on the PayPal and we'll get notified that you want to purchase it. But again, they usually come up. Usually when I get to work in the morning, I I put them, I, I, I take a quick minute to put them up and then, you know, it's in the basement. It's This is my work. This is my office. So it only takes a minute. But yes, they'll be up tomorrow. So if you're interested in next weekends, that's where you find them. There we go. Nice hoodie, by the way. We might, speaking of your hoodie, oh, yes. we, we might, go. and I'm I've, I'm trying to get through the Breeders' Cup stuff first, but right after the Breeders' Cup, I'm going to make a phone call. We might open up the HHH Racing Podcast merch store again. Uh, I'll get back to everyone on that. We've got a lot of things happening in the next few weeks. Please check your emails if you're on our email list. If you are not on our email list, I highly recommend you do so. We don't send out an email like every day. We're not going to bother you. Look, it's coming up in the a video player right now with my email. It's H, there it is, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Just email me if you'd like to be on our email list. Most of the people on our email list have showed interest earlier in our podcast or have emailed me or have been a part of our power picks. One other thing, Pete, I want to mention, this is the first time I've mentioned it today, or actually mentioned it in a long time. I haven't mentioned it to anyone uh, on our coast either. We will be bringing back our our fun plays on Breeders' Cup collaboratively uh, for the show. We're going to play a, a group pick six. We're going to play a group pick six on Breeders' Cup weekend. We also might uh, play some other bets. So you'll get information on that if you want to be part of our group syndicate uh, two-day pick six for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, we had success with that last year. We had success playing the Superfecta in the Derby, if you recall, Pete. Uh, yep. So look for information in our emails about our syndicate group pick six that you might want to <clears throat> buy into uh, because, as always, Pete, the Breeders' Cup is very difficult and the pick six even more so. Well, and this year, I think, but this year we, we don't have as many, quote-unquote, superstars out there. So I think some of these races are going to be ripe for prices. So a pick six like that, especially the two-dayer, Man, that could pay. That could pay balloons. So hopefully we're in. Hopefully we're in the middle of that somehow. Speaking of balloons, you want to give two thumbs up? Will we get balloons? I don't know. Let's say, did we get anything today? It's very random. It's usually when me uh, and Paul are on. So obviously, it's more of a me. And I, I think it just gets more excited that they see, see. The, the, that Mac can see Paul's face. Maybe I don't. I don't know what maybe it is. Maybe they're Italian maybe. balloons. There you go. Look at this. It doesn't do anything. We had fireworks yesterday, or when was that? Thursday? Yeah. We had fireworks that popped up out of nowhere. But I don't you know. Maybe the it's the knows. beginning of the show. It seems to happen early in the show. Maybe like well, maybe, maybe it know. just gets tired by the end and it's it's sick of listening to us <laughs> talk. So tired. it doesn't want to it, the fireworks don't go as much. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we'll get some fireworks today, Keelan up here with the late pick five. Thank you very much for joining us on Keeneland today for my co-host Pete Visco. This has been Howard Kravitz of the HHH 
Racing Podcast. We'll see you next week, Wednesday, Benton and Booze, and Thursday, Flagship Show, and lots, lots more to come in the coming weeks as we approach the Breeders' Cup at beautiful Santa Anita in Arcadia, California. But for today, crush your bets at Keeneland. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.